0: You're listening to the English Ministry Podcast of Chinese Christian Church, Thousand Oaks. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Find out more at english.cccto.org. seen that there have been seven so far, and we're going to review those seven in just a little bit. But we are now at the eighth one. And the Bible tells us through Jesus that there are certain blessings in life that come. And the word blessing can also be translated blissful. And it is a happiness, not so much of circumstances, but a happiness of the heart. It is a happiness of the soul. It is a joy in the spirit. And now Jesus comes in Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12, and he teaches us that being persecuted is a blessing. Take that in for just a moment. Being persecuted is... ...is a blessing. That is the ultimate paradox. Out of all that we have seen so far in the Beatitudes, and all eight indeed are paradoxes. They are things that we don't want, things that we don't enjoy, and yet when we do experience them and we endure them and we do them with faith, they end up with joy and happiness in our heart. They bring us the very things we want, but we got to go through the things we don't like. And living the Beatitudes is a way of life. It is a way that gives us purpose. It is a way that gives us meaning. So when we say, why in the world am I here? The Beatitudes gives us the answer. And there are people throughout our world. I was just hearing that the richest man in the world, the owner of Amazon, is worth $119 billion. I can't even get my arms around that idea. But all the money in the world can't buy this type of happiness. And Jesus tells us there is a deep and abiding happiness that we get by following the Beatitudes, by living a life of paradox. Maybe there was no one who better displayed this in our lives. And I hope our youth still remember her because she passed away a number of years ago. But Mother Teresa and the missionaries of Calcutta, the missionaries of mercy that were there, And how she gave her life to care for the poorest of the poor. And how she loved them with Jesus' love. And whenever she was given money, it would never be something. When she won the Nobel Peace Prize, she didn't touch a penny of it. It went to all of her ministries. Because she understood what it meant to be poor. She understood what it meant to mourn. She understood what it meant to hunger and thirst for righteousness. She understood what it meant to be gentle. She lived out all the Beatitudes. And after she passed away, on the wall of her bedroom, they found these words inscribed there. And this is taken from another writer, but she adapted it and put it on her wall herself. And it says this People are often unreasonable, irrational, and self centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous be happy anyway the good you do today will often be forgotten do good anyway give the best you have and it will never be enough give your best anyway and then she wrote these words in the final analysis it is between you and god it was never between you and them anyway Life is hard, and nobody enjoys suffering. And our goal in life usually is to be comfortable and to avoid as much pain as possible. But Jesus is telling us here that blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are those who will suffer because they will find deep and abiding joy. The word persecuted means to be pursued. It means to be chased for the purpose of being harassed. Wow. That's not something we want. But it's something Jesus says will end up in a blessing. And there's something else that Jesus tells us about persecution. And these are things that we need to understand as they come from the mouth of the Lord himself And these are things that we ought to take seriously because they can allow us to live a life of meaning and purpose and making a difference in this world and making a difference in eternity. Jesus tells us as far as persecution goes, not only is it a blessing, but it is inevitable. For a Christian, it is inevitable. Open up your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verse 29 and 30. Mark 10, 29 and 30. God's word says there, I tell you the truth, Jesus replied. No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me And for the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mother, children, and fields. And all that sounds really good. Jesus says that whatever you give up for me, you're going to get tenfold back. Whatever you give up for me, you're going to get a hundredfold back. You're going to get so much more than what you give. You're going to get all the blessings of relationships by being part of my family. But then he says, right after that, children in fields, and with them, persecutions. But, in the age to come, eternal life. God wants us to know, Jesus wants us to know, that ultimately there is always a price to pay for that which is immaculate. For that which is eternal. For that which is life-changing. There is always a price to pay for better things that we want. If you're an athlete, if you want a great job, if you want to get into a great school, if you want to do ministry, if you want to have a good marriage, if you want to have children that love the Lord and grow up and be good participants in society, there is a price to pay. And athletes are more than willing to go to the gym and work out. And deny themselves foods that would slow them down. Students are more than willing to stay up late at night and study hard to get into the best schools. Pastors and servants in the church are more than willing to give up their time to serve people the best they can. Husbands and wives, they really love the others. Willing to sacrifice and submit to them for their sake. And certainly parents are more than willing to suffer for their children. And do all that they can so that children have a better future. And Jesus says that if you want to grow in the Christian life and be fully my disciple, you will be persecuted. That's the price to pay. That's the sacrifice that we have to make. But none of us seem to want that. And I wonder why that is. Why is it that when we really do understand, these words are not hard to understand, Jesus says that you are blessed if you are persecuted, if you're harassed, and if you're chased. You'll be blessed when you live out the life that I call you to live. It's not hard to understand that. If we live the Christian life, it will be difficult. But we don't embrace that like we can embrace working hard to be an athlete, or getting into great school, or getting a great job, so we can earn great money, so we can have a nice house, and have good things. Why is that? Well, I think it's because persecution is a matter of faith. And everything else is a matter of flesh. And the flesh is something that can be easily satisfied. It's something that can be seen. It's visible. There is a reward. It may not be an immediate reward, but it is an eventual reward. You know that if you work hard, you will get the things that you want in most cases. But spiritually... What Jesus is saying is, the closer you get to me, the more you're going to be persecuted. That's not something that we like. And it means sacrifice the sight of our spirits. It means that we have to do what is right. It is that we are going to be gaining things that are invisible. And Jesus says, I want you to pursue that which is invisible, even if it means persecution. And when it comes to persecution, Jesus says the reason we ought to be persecuted is for righteousness' sake. Go back to Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. Matthew 5, verse 10. These are our main verses for today. And there Jesus says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. God wants us to know that we ought to be persecuted because we've done the right things, because we have done things that allow us to live a holy life. In 2 Timothy 3.12, the Bible says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. They will be persecuted. God wants us to know. That there is difficulty that happens because we do the right things. When our character is involved, it means that we will do the things of the Beatitudes. It means that we will seek and pursue and accept the things that happen in our lives so that we can live them out. Now here we're going to do just a a short um, summary of the Beatitudes and see how much you remember. Um, Does anybody remember the first one? What's the first Beatitude? Don't look, unless you have to. Matthew 5, 3. What's the first one? To be... Poor in spirit, all right? And so this is what we might say of those who are poor in spirit. If you are poor in spirit, others may spurn you, but be poor anyway. What's the second one? To to mourn. And when we studied that, we understood that what that meant was to mourn over our sins, And so if you mourn over your sins, you may not be understood. In fact, probably not understood by many. And you certainly won't be appreciated. But mourn anyway. Because Jesus will still comfort us. What's the third beatitude? That's the fourth one. (laughs) What's the third one? To be... It's the one Peter preached about. Meek. Meek. Very good. See, the the youth remember you, Peter. To be gentle. To be meek. All right? If you are gentle, you will be seen as weak. And you might get stomped on. But be gentle anyway. And then as was said, the fourth one is to hunger and thirst for righteousness. If you do, you will be different. From most of the world. But be righteous anyway. And Jesus says you will be filled. So what's the fifth one? After you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you become merciful. God wants us to be merciful. And if you are merciful, people may take advantage of you. But be merciful anyway. And what's the sixth one? To be pure, In heart. To be pure in heart. And if you are pure in heart. You will face great temptations. Be pure anyway. Remember the reward for being pure in heart? Is to see God. And last week we looked at which one? Peacemakers. And if you are a peacemaker. Others will still fight against you but make peace anyway. If you want to be like Jesus, you will be persecuted. But be like Jesus anyway. Because we are being persecuted for Jesus' sake. We are being persecuted for righteousness' sake. They are synonymous. Verse 11 says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because you belong to me. True persecution comes when we are more like Jesus And you think about it, Jesus was perfect, Jesus was holy, Jesus was loving, Jesus was kind, Jesus healed people, Jesus rose the dead, Jesus did nothing wrong, and yet he was persecuted. How could that be? It's because we live in a world that hates light. We live in a world that doesn't like to be reminded of its sin. And Jesus did that too. He taught us that we had to turn from our sins. We had to acknowledge our sins. We had to admit that we needed a savior. We had to confess that we needed forgiveness. We had to acknowledge that we do wrong. It is a Christian life to be able to do that even through our own words about others and about our world. We live in a world where if you were seen as a good Christian, most of the time it would be because you're nice and you don't offend somebody and you're, you're fairly easy to get along with. But Jesus wasn't like that. He upset people. He made people mad because he talked about the truth. He talked about holiness. He talked about righteousness. He talked about God and what God expected of people. And therefore people ended up hating him. Because he was holy. And because he was righteous. And because he was true. And the same will be said of you and me if we go all out for Jesus. If we fully want to live the life that God wants us to live, if we want to live the blessed life, we will become people who are so sold out to Jesus that we will do whatever he asks us to do. Now, it's important to know that being sold out for Jesus doesn't mean you have to be annoying, Okay? It doesn't mean you have to be that type of fanatical person that's constantly belittling those who don't believe in you. I like the words of Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones when he says this. It does not say, Blessed are those who are having a hard time in their Christian life because they are being difficult. It does not say, Blessed are those who are being persecuted as Christians because they are seriously lacking in wisdom and are really foolish and unwise in what they regard as being their testimony. God wants us to be holy, and he wants us to be righteous, and he wants us to do the things that is right and true and good. One time, um, I was walking out of a class when I was in college, and um, as I was walking out, this girl started chasing me, like pretty good, pretty good, right? And so this girl started chasing me, and she stopped me, and she goes, are you a Christian? And, and my mind is like, Wow. Yeah, yeah, I am, I am. I felt so good about myself. And I said, How why do you ask? How do you know? And she goes, Well, you're wearing a Christian shirt. I'm like, oh yeah, I am. Oh, a lot of us wear Christian wear. A lot of us talk Christianese. A lot of us carry the Bible. But what God is calling us to is not an external Christianity on appearances, but an internal change in our life where we are becoming like Jesus. And it is by our actions that other people tell us that we are someone different. And it becomes our testimony for the Lord. Not because we're weird, but because we are truly like the Lord. When we are, some will recognize it and turn to the Lord, but others will persecute us. But we ought not be afraid of persecution because it is evidence of our faith. It is evidence that we belong to the Lord. Move forward to Matthew chapter 13, verses 20 through 21. Matthew 13, 20 through 21. And this is a a parable that Jesus is talking about. He's talking about the different soils and how a seed falls into these different soils and that each one, the seed grows differently in each one of the soils. And so he's talking about one of them here called the rocky soil. In Matthew 13, 20 and 21 it says, The one who received the seed, and the seed is the word of God, that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he, he quickly falls away. And when we see the movie, The Pilgrim's Progress, or if you've read the book, you understand that that's what was happening to Christian as he was walking his life as a believer, is that there were so many troubles and so many persecutions, but he was determined not to walk away. He was determined to continue to walk with God. And so we will face persecutions, but a lot of times what we think is, wow, you know, if something bad happens to me, it must be because I did something bad. But Jesus is telling us, no, in fact, if you do what is right, bad things will happen to you. So persecution is not a sign of sin or wrongdoing. It's actually a sign that you are doing the right thing. It's a sign that you're making a difference for God. It's a sign that you're standing up to do that which God rejoices in because you are becoming more like his son who is also persecuted. And in all of that, God would have us to rejoice, to rejoice in the persecutions that we face. This, again, is not something that we really enjoy until it begins to produce its fruits. And it will. It will. As we persevere. So how? How do I rejoice in persecution? Because you are going to face troubles in this world if you live like Jesus. You are going to face difficult times. Well, two things not to do. And the first one is don't trust feelings. Don't trust your feelings. The apostle Peter was a man of great feelings. So if anybody understood this, it was him. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, 6 to 7. Can you read this out loud with me? Let's say it together. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Someday we are going to stand before the Lord when Jesus Christ is revealed. Someday God's going to look over our life and He's going to want to reward us. And one of the places that He's going to reward us is when we have suffered all kinds of trial, but we've remained faithful to Him in spite of our feelings, in, in spite of our pain. So even though we will feel bad, even though we will feel like we want to give up, even though we'll feel like we want to turn away, those are part of our trials. They may be part of our persecution. And God wants us not to react to them and turn from Him, but actually turn to Him all the more. And then the Apostle Paul tells us, and Paul was a man of great thought, a man of great intellect. And he would tell us, but don't trust in your intellect. Don't trust in your reason. Let's read together Paul's words in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and 9. We are hard-pressed On every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. God is telling us that we are going to face persecution, right? But we're not abandoned. We don't need to be in despair. And when he says we don't need to be perplexed, even though we face crushing times, we are not crushed. And so don't trust your reason. Don't trust your mind to figure out what's going on. Don't trust your feelings either. God allows us to go trials, allow trials to come into our life so that not only are we more like Jesus, but so that we make a difference in this world and our character is strong. We are struck down but not destroyed. Struck down but not destroyed. God will allow us to go through difficult times, but we will get up, and we will receive the promises of God. This is the one thing we are to do, to rejoice in persecution. Do trust in God's plans and promises. Jesus continually talked about God's plans and promises in the Beatitudes. Going back to Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5 verse 3, and this again is the first Beatitude. And Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is what? It's the kingdom of heaven. It's God's promise for the kingdom of heaven. In verse 10, Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is what? Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then in verse 12, Jesus says, rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. Rejoice, and it actually means be exceedingly glad. And this word great means immeasurably great. That God wants us to look forward to his plans and promises that will be culminated in heaven. That those who live fully for God on earth have the most to look forward to in eternity. There are many, many who have gone before us. There are many, many who have been persecuted in ways that you and I probably never will be. And they too are waiting for us to go through our persecutions so that we can rejoice with them together. In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 36 and and all the way to 40, let's read this. Some faced jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they were put to death by the sword. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. God wants us to continue to endure. We have an example of those who were suffering in ways you and I probably never will suffer. There are Christians around the world being persecuted, being martyred for their faith because they trust in Jesus. And they trust in His plans and in His promises. God wants us not to give up. God wants us to continue to live in this world, though it's difficult to be the people who look forward to rejoicing and therefore live out all of the Beatitudes. People in this world will always be unloving and mean. They'll be haters. But let us be lovers anyway. If you are honest, others may lie and deceive you. But be honest anyway. If you are uncompromising with sin, others may laugh at you. Be uncompromising anyway. If you remain pure, others will tempt and tease you. Be pure anyway. If you sacrifice your time, Talents and treasures for God and others. You will suffer sacrifice anyway. If you live according to the Bible, you will be ridiculed. Live the Bible anyway. If you are faithful, you will be persecuted. Be full of faith anyway. In the end, you will live with God forever. Ever, for you weren't made for this world anyway. Let us seek to live out all the Beatitudes because we were made to live for the Lord and made to live with him forever. Heavenly Father, we thank you for hearing our pleas of our heart. We have prayed, Lord, why am I here? What's the purpose of my life? What good am I?